Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode two of Beats and Bites. Woo! How are you today? I am doing just great. I'm so happy that we have made it to episode number two. We are definitely deep in your eardrums, everybody. Yes. Um, I am just glad that to be able to make it at all because I just feel that this Mercury retrograde has been kicking my butt. I'm glad that it's officially over now, but there's always like, as they say, the little shadow side of things. But even so, the shadow side couldn't be as hectic as what I have personally experienced over this last bit. I don't know. What about you, Sydney? I'm good. Have you good. experienced anything crazy? Um, not really anything crazy per se. I mean, I feel like my life is just always a little chaotic and that's totally my <laughs> own own doing. But um, I will say that I'm recording from what looks like a like a blanket fort. Um, <laughs> I have like made a full sleepover floor and that's just kind of what my sound system is right now. We're keeping it real old school. So oh my gosh, we love it. We're getting coming to you live from my blankets. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Well, we are ready to like, I guess, move through any and all of the chaos to be able to talk about drum roll, please. <laughs> NFTs, 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 NFTs. That's everything about this episode, episode number two. I guess I'll just talk about what's kind of gone on so far because I just feel like there was this huge hype around NFTs and it's definitely just trickled right off. But I do think that they can play a really vital role in the music industry if people start to play their cards right. So yeah, just like what I've been saying, the past few years, it was all the rage and everyone was making them and it just felt like nobody really knew what to do with them and they kind of came more of like a fad. So, I mean, there were the major collections that came out and people started to further them more so into brands. But I think as 2023 comes around, they're starting to kind of pick up as people start to use them in the music industry as a way to build their personal brand. Um, some way people are doing this are they're sharing their ownership of music and they're gaining control of their creative releases and they're being able to step forth so like I would say step away from their labels and managers a bit more and have more creative control I think that that's part of it at least at least, you know, from maybe like the quote unquote urban music side of things. I, I don't know. I mean, we've seen some kinds of, as we say, you know, what picks and pans. I think some of the pans have been like Chris Brown, for example. I think, you know, that team, the Brown, team Brown, team really Brown. thought that <laughs> the NFTs was going to be, you know, really a major thing. And I think in theory, you know, having a, the idea of a fan being able to buy into, a, you know, his or her favorite artist and be able to get some return on that investment, you know, be a real collaborator. In theory, it sounds really great. In practice, it has to have a lot more around it, right? Um, it has to have the right kind of promotional setup, um, actually also be priced at the right number too because that was part of the issue yeah at, at least with that but it has to have the quote-unquote you know that holy grail on nfts utility right in air utility quotes, right, right? Well, so i think that's gonna have to be it's gonna have to be something that i think is examined a, a lot more i don't know i would like to see more of the i don't know just the craziness around 
Like, for example, when, um, oh my gosh, what's the name of the actor who I'm thinking about from Silence of the Lambs when dude oh. dropped his NFT? Are we going to make a game was out like, of this? All into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't know what the game is. <laughs> How do we start? <laughs> uh, to, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who it is and now I, I don't. Actually, Anthony no. Hopkins, boom, Anthony one, two, Hopkins. three, Anthony Hopkins. Good game. Um, and that was really, you know, interesting. I think that, you know, he worked with CAA to be able to to pull that off. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently it was, you know, very, very successful. Where things go next and how that can be applied, I think, more to the music industry, um, a, a base what that is, you know, typically younger and just open more to emerging technology and all that. I just would love to see some killer things this year, Sydney, that we haven't really thought about before that makes sense, right? Not just like an NFT for NFT's sake. And I think that's where the industry kind of went wrong is like we have, I mean, my friends were just buying these like little pictures, it felt like, and it's like, okay, so what? Like, wow, that's a really great pixelated version of your face, but like what's next for that? And I think kind of leading into what's going on in the news with this is people are saying that it kind of needs to tie into an experience. And I that goes hand in hand with the music industry as people kind of step towards the metaverse a little bit more. I think kind of going back on our last episode is maybe this isn't so much of something you kind of have as a piece of art, but also as like a memorabilia, like I don't like a t-shirt or something that you can hold to show that you've been somewhere or that you've done something. And that's kind of where it gains its value. And then also for like resale value. So I, I, I think mean, there's, I think that that's really, really hot. I, but I would love to see, honestly, like, let's just like, you know, put flowers where flowers need to be kids in Asia. They have been really, really you know, at the forefront of a lot of this, you know, doing the meet and greets in the metaverse, but you have like a, you have a way and a pass through that or to that rather through a particular NFT. And it's just been super successful for a lot of the like K-pop scenario. Yeah. I'm looking for that hype to come over here. Right. Um, I just don't think that there is maybe the the strategy behind it just yet. And really quite frankly, the love of it. I that, was going to say you know, something that's happened in Asia really unique about k-pop is they have such a dedicated group of people like these people eat sleep and breathe these idols so is it a matter of people not wanting to adapt to the technology or is it people just not falling in love with the artist enough to kind of have that sort of intimate experience at any cost and like k-pop oh it's just such a crazy thing to me just the way that these people are like would die for these idols. Like I want to be a K-pop idol. So I mean, <laughs> okay, we can make you one after the show. We'll yeah, just, like, I don't know. I mean, like... I'm not Korean, but I guess I could be just a pop idol. I don't know. <laughs> I also can't sing and I can't dance. So there's those other things so, as well. Okay, so there'll be a little bit more work that we need to do. But yeah. I do think that you you know have hit the nail on the head that it is a lot about you know kind of the the fan mania around it. But there's also the the creativity and I think the true love of this space from the artist and coming from a culture that is, I think, just simply much more kind of tech integrated. I mean, you know, when you look at WeChat and being able to have what we call in the U.S. super apps with which Asia just calls, you know, an app, right, (laughs) that you can, you know, look at something, buy something, you know, a lot with um, social shopping and so much more. It is just uh, integrated a lot more into 
the lifestyle. So for me, if I were um, artist management, I'd be really looking a lot more at what has worked there and to be able to adapt it, like kind of reverse engineer certain parts of it for the American market and show people how it's done. It's not just about being um, a notable artist and, you know, creating something that is somewhat unique and then a payday. I think we've gotten past that part. Happily, we've gotten past that part Mm -hmm. where now we need to have something, like you said, integrated into an experience and create something that is truly um, memorable for the the fan. That's our our two cents, I think. (laughs) Maybe three. Maybe Maybe that's like a dollar, maybe. Our dollar 50. Loving it. Let's go on to the next segment. Okay, so actually, this is kind of old news, but also new news because there's always new developments in it. And it's just kind of like the perfect segue. Oh my gosh, I can't believe, Lauren, you thought about adding politics into this. Because at first, (laughs) I will admit, I was like, what the hell are we going to talk about? And then it just so happens that we have another NFT politics news that comes up. So I was like, oh, maybe she's onto something or maybe we've just gotten lucky two weeks in a row. I don't know. I'm going to say that maybe you're onto something, Lauren, because um, just kind of going off of the Americans stepping into NFTs, we have Mr. America, Donald (laughs) Trump and his NFT collection. Um, So there's been a hell of a lot of highs and lows with this one it came out on december 16th and it was all the rage and it sold out in minutes and there was like he was generating all kinds of income with it and then it kind of went on the downfall but i will say that he kind of touched on this adding value to his nfts that's more than just financial because as a prize, you got to Zoom call with him for 20 minutes. And at least Homeboy knows how to create an experience. And is always at least trying to, you know, put himself out there. <laughs> We're yeah. looking at, you know, emerging technology or whatever. I think, of course, this was massively, you know, controversial. But yeah, why why can't this be something that is adapted in a different way for the presidential run from both sides or all sides? I don't know if you can't count whatever, whoever is going to be independent. How mm-hmm. can they be able to leverage, you know, NFTs like some recording artists have, again, in, you know, very successful um, areas, be able to adapt that? Like, what's like going to be, um, I don't know, maybe the big draw that could help uh, be able to, you know, put something like over the top. You know, I think about this like back when Obama ran the, like for the first term and he, you know, of course, broke so many different kinds of barriers in terms mm-hmm. of like promo and all that. But he was, I believe, still to this day, yeah, the first like presidential um you know candidate who was like, let me like advertise up in some video games. And, you know, one of the most like, you know, popular ones, of course, was like, um, I think like rock, rock, any of the rock star games, right? Like Grand Theft Auto and et cetera. What happens if you're able to do that and put like an NFT spin on it? Oh, for 2024. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If somebody tries and takes my idea, please like, you know, hit me up. Sydney and I are available for consulting. Yeah. (laughs) How, how, How dope would it be, though? Come on. And I just did that off the top of the head. Like that could be really amazing. You're touching on a set of voters who would be really into this and would be like, okay, like, I feel like what we have right now is 
I mean, I feel like the government is kind of just, it seems like they're asleep in my opinion. Like, I feel like they're just kind of out of touch with the younger demographic for someone to pull up with an NFT. I would be like, take my vote, take it. Just take my ballot card and run with it because you are, you are easy to please homegirl. Oh my gosh. Tell me about it, Lauren. (laughs) Too funny. Too funny. Um, but well, yeah, so that is going to be something Yeah, that we have to, I mean, somebody who's really, really creative. I think that that could be like just so many different things because talk about, you know, memorabilia. I remember yeah. I was actually, um, able to be on the grounds of like, I guess, you know, the democratic national convention again, that first year that Obama ran and it was in Denver. Denver, Colorado. And when I just tell you about like the hype around what was going on in Denver and so many different parties and events and like so many people there, this was back when- Politics gone wild. Yeah, right? And this was like when when Ye was like Kanye and still really doing his thing and oh my God, and performing like Gold Digger. And there were like, uh, I forget like what venue, but I know Verizon was like a um, a sponsor of this concert. It was like probably two o'clock in the morning. They were serving like waffles. It was so Oh my gosh, waffles. <laughs> anyway, um, just to be able to capture something like that, I think in a, in a virtual manner with NFTs and like coming together with music, uh, I think could just be like off the chain. So yes, yeah, Cindy and I are available for consulting. <laughs> for oh, you know the, I'm the, here. The price of seven figures, just so just putting it out there. Just like to start off this segment with a question for you, Lauren, because I feel like you're so in touch with uh, like the indie kind of stuff. So, I mean, we've talked about NFTs from like the biggest, like the biggest names in music and how like the biggest record labels could do it. But how do you think it impacts an artist who's just getting started. I love um, you bringing this up for our breakdown section. And I think, honestly, let's keep it real because a lot of times people are just like, create a community and then you do this and then you do that and then you yeah. like, like connect and with your NFT. Let's like just really be honest. It is very challenging to create a community in air quotes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nobody ever tells you exactly how to do it because they don't know themselves. It's something that grows organically. I think it's something that grows from um, really a a passion that's authentic to whomever is is doing it and how. I don't think if you sit down and you know say I'm going to create a community, you know it happens. That's when it runs away. Today I'm and, going to build a community. Ooh. Yeah, and so and then have a, a glass of juice. After. Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't work <laughs> that juice way. Box in a- right. <laughs> um, so I think that honestly, for this to be, well, really everything is like the the goal or the intention, right? Is the intention to just really be able to play in the space and and kind of fool around with it and and like kind of do a run up to it as the career expands? Mm-hmm. Is or is the intent to be able to generate you know revenue? Is the intent to be able to deepen fan experience? I mean, I think that's where artists have to start first um, yeah. from an indie point of view. What value is it that you're bringing to your fans? Can you be consistent with that? And um, what kind of partners can you bring in to help, you know, really be able to expand it as opposed to just like doing it. But I think the the intention for an indie artist and a, a new artist is probably very much different from that of like a Snoop. Right. Because you just have a completely different level 
level of a fan base and a, probably a different a different level of wanting to reach them and why right yeah so yeah i mean that's like kind of my my perspective on it yeah i mean for me i've always kind of wondered it's like if you're a new artist because i initially looked at it as a instant revenue stream and mm-hmm. i think unfortunately it does take a little bit longer to kind of gain that but with that becomes I mean, you have all these other channels that you can kind of dive into, like you can go into social media and you can build your community and you can like kind of build yourself up organically that way by performing in shows. And then with the NFTs as a way to make money, once you kind of already established that community, I think kind of further separates you from almost the necessity of a record label, which I, I don't, I think there's pros and cons to that, but for some people who want to keep their creativity kind of autonomous, maybe that's a way they could kind of go about it. And But it just takes that kind of initial building, like laying down the uh, foundation through other channels that will kind of make the difference between whether the NFT is successful or if it's not, because as much as it generates community, it needs community to generate income. Absolutely. And it's like the chicken and the egg. Like, <laughs> And I think first? especially for uh, an artist, you know, an indie artist or, and or new artist, whatever, um, the goals really shouldn't be about like revenue anyway. That's a lot mm-hmm. of pressure and um, something that's probably not really even appropriate at that level. And maybe even for like, dare we say like mid-level, I honestly think that the NFT um, industry as a whole is undergoing like a a shift, right? Just because Mm -hmm. of economics overall in, in America and I guess around the world. So, you know, I would be looking at it as another way to really be able to provide value, but ask what that value, you know, really is. Um, and and kind of really be able to understand, I think, one's fan base to know what it is that they really want. Right. So a lot of times mm-hmm. I think like artists think like automatically a fan wants to just be closer or sit in on like some like list. Session, yeah. that might not be what they really want right they might want it what if they could like learn an instrument or something from you and it's a, a series of like classes or whatever i think that mm-hmm. that is something that could be you know very much very much experienced and then you have to look at what's going on in terms of trends overall right because if it is an artist who's targeting you know a kind of gen z vibe a lot of that demographic is not all of it because i hate when people are like gen z as a whole you know with multi-million people everybody thinks the same they don't yeah but i mean a large part of them are reportedly not really trying to jump headfirst into quote unquote emerging technology and you know going old school looking for they're going you know, polaroid cameras and things like that right okay so maybe that should be taken into consideration if one is presenting an nft can you create an old school experience through an nft you know i don't know the possibilities are endless but it is important to keep things i guess in mind with the larger context of what's going on in culture overall right i was actually just talking to my mom about this because um i feel like people don't know the luxury of having the internet in your pocket and i was like do these gen z people know how long it takes to craft a text message 
when you have to do it with them, I was like, oh my God, there's no way. I feel like I just couldn't go back to it, but I can see the appeal of it. So um, I think that's a really interesting point you bring up is kind of bridging the gap between the two of those and just trying to find like what works. And I'd be really curious if you haven't listened to episode one, um, we touched on MasterCard and their artist accelerator. I'd be really curious to see what they do with this because at the same time, they're also mm. looking into what audiences want mm-hmm, and what mm-hmm. they respond best to. So if you're a start connecting there, Ms. S. Well, we only have two episodes to connect right now. So it's pretty <laughs> easy, but I'll take a pat on the back for that one. So. I uh, and I'm happy to give it to you. Yes, yeah, thank yes, you. Yes, yes, I feel it all the way from Vancouver to New York. Your arm is very okay. long. Too funny, but yeah, I think that um, it's just going to be a matter of um, being very creative and very thoughtful in how one approaches, you know, the NFT space. Because really, it's it's already like oh, been there, done that. Like, mm-hmm. what's going to be cool and different that really provides value? Because I'm always going to keep it real. Like, you know, on this podcast, I have not bought an NFT. I have not. I have not seen something that I wanted to buy. I'm not up up for it yet yeah like dazzle me that's that's how it is because we're gonna always be a little bit jaded i'm not buying something just to buy it or buy it because it's cute is there what what is the actual i don't know the the end goal with it and Mm -hmm. i'm not certain if it's been answered just yet no i think it's it's getting there though and as people say more attention to what the user actually wants i think there's going to be a really big shift in 2023 and they could be cool again. Ooh. I think it, it is going to be like, um, what would we say? Like the appetizer to the larger meal of Web3. And then how is this going to you know, be part of something which is both experience and then, of course, transactional and so much more, right? This is, mm-hmm. I think, as we look back at this time period, it'll be like, you know, crawling as we move toward some Olympic like sprinter, right? This is really just the very, very, very beginning. But also because of that, it's a great time to kind of get in and and fool around. And um, I think more than anything, like create relationships, like who are are some of the people you can collaborate with just for the sake of collaboration, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it could be very, you know, it's a lot of fun. I've had the opportunity to meet, you know, a lot of people who are both, you know, BS artists, but also those who are just um, really very creative and artistic and attaching like so many social missions to a lot of these artistic projects and so much more. So that's how I would kind of use the time right now if I were looking at the space as an artist, you know, as a recording artist, a newer recording artist, and maybe even an established one. I was just looking earlier today, somehow 50 Cent always pops up in my Instagram feed. Like, like, I have... (laughs) sometimes you just come out with it and I'm like okay I know she's like you know been in like some hip-hop videos or she's twerking right yeah. now <laughs> as she's on this podcast oh yeah but, he's quaking on the podcast right now okay too funny but yeah after like the first like several you know positive mantras or whatever somehow 50 will pop up there's this massive conference uh sorry concert coming up Mariah I mean like everybody's going to uh you know be a part of this and I would love to see just some more emerging technology elements kind of engulfed in this. Have you heard about this yet, Sydney? I 
I feel like I've heard like little trickles of things. I have to but... think about what the hell the name of this conference uh, why do I keep saying it because I'm like so fried from like Mercury mode. retrograde no I'm fried still from Mercury retrograde but um <laughs> Mariah Carey and like I mean Missy Ella it's gonna be like I don't know maybe like 50 artists I don't even know oh how long gosh. it's gonna last but um I need to look at 50's feed like right now to be able to um tell you of course he's going to be a part of this concert for me again perfect time to be able to test out some some different um elements that could incorporate you know nfts with this in a in a new way that we have not yet experienced just mm-hmm. saying it put it out there yep listen up 50 Get it done. <laughs> we're ready it's not you know i mean they have until may so i'm sure other uh elements will pop up that will leverage emerging tech but these are the opportunities where you know I think a lot of things can be tested out if, again, partnerships are created, artists and managers are open and not just like only working with those who are already doing like something for Coachella, for example, and they always run with the same damn people. Work with newer people um, and in creative, like revenue sharing ways and make it happen. And I have spoken. (laughs) That's it. But yeah, this is taking place in Vegas. (laughs) Mic drop, yeah. Okay, should we go into our little future cast? Ooh, I think we kind of did actually just future future it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, as most as best you can with something like this, right? Because I'm not going to sit here, and anybody would be remiss to sit here and be like, "Oh, well, in three years, NFTs are going to be X." It, it, things are yeah. going to uh, expand and grow exponentially um, in the next three years, and you know, like I said, as it intersects more with Web three, we have no idea where this is going to go just yet. These are really really baby steps. Um, so, you know, future casting for me in this in this moment is really about getting your your team together, collaborating and thinking, you know, creatively so that you are better prepared for what's coming mm-hmm. down the road. Because creativity is yesterday, today and forever. Right. So if you yeah. have a kick ass creative team, whether it's, you know, the developers, uh, engineers, Uh, graphic artists, whatever, you can like blow up in any kind of way. But remaining closed, I think, is not really the way to go, for sure. Yeah. And I think building off of your creativity point is just kind of like we've been kind of touching on throughout the episode is looking at it beyond just revenue. Like there's so much in this space that is more than just the quick turnaround of money. And I think that's where the doors have kind of been shut for it. So just, and also too, not just the cool. Isn't this a cool like drawing? Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not just about that for for me. I don't know, mm-hmm. but like I always just think about the average sixteen year old in like Atlanta. Like it, ha- it would have to be very hot. For, mm-hmm. It had to be a damn good drawing. <laughs> yeah, like again about the quote unquote utility. I don't, I'm not saying I know all of what that is yet, but I definitely believe that you are on the right track, Sydney, in terms of talking about about you know tying experience to it but that's experiencing experience being something which is much bigger than what has been presented to date beyond meet and greets beyond listening you know sessions and so much more mm-hmm. oh my gosh did we just do it again <laughs> a whole podcast episode <laughs> couldn't sydney, be us sydney you crack me up <laughs> i think we did it's so much fun. Like how can you know, time flies, right? I know. 
I know. Well, I guess I'll just we like could... plug our social media. Ooh, Why ooh. not? Why not? Be very hip hop about it because you yeah. always got a promo. That is hip hop. Be hip hop. <laughs> oh, that's, that's definitely that's not what you meant. Go, go, go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for more beatboxing, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> follow us at Beats Bites Podcast on Instagram and Beats Bites Podcast on LinkedIn. And shoot us an email at beatsbitespodcast at gmail.com. I think what more could be said unless you have a photo of yourself, you know, twerking from earlier in the show and you want to put that on there. That's oh, the only I don't other know. thing. Sounds like private content, Lauren. That's like after a million subscribers, wait, wait, they get wait. the booty pick. You might be able to, drum roll please, make an <laughs> NFT of it. Oh NFT. my God, pixelated, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, we're out. See you next time. Lauren Denise Coleman signing off. And Sydney signing off as well. Okay, bye. Bye.